There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. CICs, that is community interest companies, are going through a bit of a boom at the moment. One in every 200 new companies started up is a CIC. The project we're going to investigate today is one such. And whilst the project does provide eight days of employment per week spread across uh, three people, the success of the project overall has been built on the back of a lot of voluntary work. Because it ain't easy starting your own currency and getting that currency to its fifth birthday, well, that's something of an achievement. With that in mind, we're off to Brixton and it is the 11th of July 2015. I'm N. Quentin Wolfe. This is Londonist Out Loud. Hey, baby, let me take you down to a place of strange sights and sound. You ain't never seen the light before. Just a stone through from your front door. sound you hear in the background is the frying of what I think is lamb. It certainly smells good. And we're on Atlantic Road in Brixton. We're in a venue called The Calf, which is, as you can detect from the background sounds, a laid-back sort of place. With me, Tom Shackley and Max Wakefield, respectively the general manager and the project manager of a project called The Brixton Pound. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. We need to, of course, unpack what The Brixton Pound is first and foremost well the brixton pound is a local currency that exists only in brixton it's the first of its kind uh, in london and was actually the first uh, in an urban area anywhere in the uk it was launched way back in 2009 really in the aftermath of the financial crisis with the purpose in mind of supporting small businesses really that were struggling around that time but also to challenge narratives around money and the economy that we have and perhaps um, get people to, to question it and, and think about how we can actively participate in a, in a better way. So this is support. This is trying to counter some of the nasty stuff that was going on five years ago. Where does that position us in relation to some of the big financial turmoil? The financial crisis generally hit around um, late 2007, 2008, and conversations around that time were happening here in Brixton around the fact that small businesses were, were struggling. We were seeing an increasing amount of chain businesses, the kind of ones where you, you can get off anywhere in the tube in London and you're going to be presented by the same places. And 
a lot of um, we, we, we were sort of influenced by the fact that some other areas such as Totnes and Lewis had had set up similar initiatives and we were also reading a lot of um, kind of economic theory around what it means to have such a concentration of larger corporate businesses in an area the fact that the money that actually gets spent there and it is an overwhelming amount of money um, that gets directed towards these places tends to leave the area up to 90% of every pound spent goes to their global supply chains their, 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 their shareholders whereas money that gets spent in a local business um, rather than leave the area actually kind of rebounds and circulates um, because those independent businesses are more likely to source locally, use each other's services, get their cleaning done locally, use local accountants um, and that's not even to go into the kind of benefits of having just a generally more uh, diverse, uh, locally owned, um, vibrant high street presence. This is probably the most foolish question I've asked on the show, uh, but it seems necessary because I think it's very unlikely that somebody's going to wake up first thing in the morning and think, I oh, know I'm going to start a new currency. Uh, so here's my question. Uh, who are you? Max. <laughs> Who am I in terms of uh, who am I to be running a local currency? Well, yes. Well, I mean, I guess the, the, to, to slightly avoid that question, but you know, you'll see why. The, the Bricks and Pound is partly about giving the, giving the lie to the idea that only men in suits uh, who are very clever and who sit in extremely uh, important positions within society can, can run currencies. Um, it, money is anything that people decide to use as a medium of exchange between themselves and you can have a more or less complicated form of that exchange but ultimately that's, that's what money is we, we could decide to start using you know, lumps of sugar on the table behind us to exchange between ourselves if we wanted and we would have created new currency there and then so the bricks and pound exists partly to make that point which is that actually we can take more control of money if we want to or at least we can start playing around with it to start challenging as Tom was saying some of the ideas that Perhaps we just take totally for granted, you know, that the Queen always has to be on it and it comes from a place that we don't really understand uh, and, and we therefore can't challenge, you know, the people that on the whole it works for. So who am I? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just somebody who took an interest, I guess, uh, and it's been going... I wasn't involved in setting it up. Uh, I'm involved in running it now, but five years later there have been no major financial crises in Brixton. We seem to be doing OK. And the Brixton Pound is, is kept simple. <clears throat> it's not a cryptocurrency, it's not... It's not Bitcoin, it's not Bricscoin. It doesn't have that uh, layer of complexity involved in it. And it is not, you could argue, in, in its form, therefore, maybe as radical in terms of its intent. It's there to, to exist at a local level in a simple way and to encourage people to think about their economic behaviour and to bring more community into their economic, economic action as well and, and tie those different bits of the community together a little bit stronger. All right, so one of the major criticisms levelled at people who drove the economy off a cliff fairly recently was that they didn't really know what they were doing other than <laughs> self-interest and keeping that firmly in sight. So uh, I think I need to return to my question. How safe a pair of hands are you? What do you bring to this project in the first place? Tom? I think the most important thing that we do is that we, we front up and people know who we are. Uh, in a way which um, if you have a, a problem with um, the financial system who do you go to? 
um, who actually is representing it. I think that the term you know faceless is, is, is used a lot, and, and it's the right one. Whereas at least here, we are out there every day. We know everybody who is using the Brixton pound. Um, and if there ever is any sort of issue with somebody's um, with somebody's account, or they're unable to make one of the electronic payments, for example, then they can um, get on the phone to us or send us an email, and we'll be with them in five minutes. And I always say to them, you know, imagine your bank manager being with you in five minutes. Um, it doesn't tend to happen. And yet, now I've got an alarm bell ringing because I still don't know anything about your background. So I, I, <laughs> I would, I would hate to avoid that bit of uh, that yeah, bit I'm, of information. I'm a former, I'm a former stockbroker, and <laughs> yeah. uh, Max used to be a derivatives trader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I mean, uh, as in, how do we get here? I, I mean, I've had an interest in local currency for a while. I used, to, I lived in Bristol for about six years between 2007 and 2013, uh, and in that period. Well, in that period, the Brixton Pound set up. I wasn't living in London at the time, but I heard about it. And a few years later, the Bristol Pound set up. The two probably best-known local currencies in the UK are the Bristol Pound and the Brixton Pound, respectively. So very easy to get them muddled up. I called the Brixton Pound the Bristol Pound in my interview uh, for this job uh, and for the two months after it. And I took an interest in the Bristol Pound because it was... You know, happening where I was, and uh, I helped try and get it, in, you know, in, embedded in the students' union that I was working for at the time. So I learned a bit about local currency movement, and really, what did you learn I, about the local currency? Yeah, what, what was the takeaway, or what were the takeaways for you from the Bristol experience? It was something that tapped into people's identity definitely a lot. I mean, I think Sterling. Is quite useful. I mean, it's, it's worth saying that you can use it everywhere. It kind of gets you, gets, gets where you want to go, buys you what you want to buy. There is not yet, um, on an everyday level, a very, very straightforward need for people to have another pound coin to go and buy the banana, whatever it is. It's difficult to argue that because it's just not true. So, what's interesting about seeing people react to local currencies is that in order to find value in it in order to be enthusiastic about it you've got to be looking beyond the simple utility of you know the ability to spend some cash and shop and get what you want and I think that's what makes it interesting is seeing people respond to it on the basis of the other messages it's bringing the the, the ideas of the, you know the pride in which the place uh, you live the businesses that operate there setting it apart from other places that you might go and visit the idea that the city in itself has this intrinsic value that is added to when we have stronger communities and we have an idea of you know trying to champion the place that we live in and, and trying to improve it and make it better for everyone in, who lives there. And I think that the local currency movement is always trying to better the places that people live in. Basically, that's what, that's what it's about. It's not about trying to extract value from places, and it's about trying to you know reimagine money as, as a as a means of making the places that we live in better to live in, making life better to live, uh, and not simply as a means of accumulating wealth, uh, which I think is what people would much more readily associate with you know, conventional currency. People, money seems quite dead, I think, on the whole. And, and you know, look at it. <laughs> it looks pretty boring. It hasn't changed its design for hundreds of years. I mean, if you look at even the colonial notes uh, that were issued by the British government in colonies in, in the 20th century and, and the 19th century in, in, in Africa and elsewhere, they look very similar to the banknotes that we use today to get around in the UK. Like, there is this kind of inertia with money. It's so boring. 
Uh, and, you know, it's quite worrying, actually, that there's this visual similarity between the money we're using still today and the money that was used in that horrendous extractive process that we call imperialism. So I think reimagining money is really important, and I think seeing the way that that's been done at a local level is, is very interesting. Yeah, so I, I um, came into getting to know about the Brixton Pound and ending up working there um, when I actually moved to Brixton about six years ago now I had to be kind of dragged here kicking and screaming having lived abroad for a while uh, but most of my most of my friends were living in, in London and, and quite a few in in Brixton so I moved here and um, I remember seeing across the street from me in a cafe seeing a sign saying Brixton Pound accepted here and it just piqued my interest and it really um, spoke to me at the time because one of the reasons I'd been so reluctant to move to London was because I had this impression that it was um, kind of an alienating experience where people didn't necessarily have the, the, the communities and the feeling that they wanted to sort of get along with each other, much more an impression of want, people wanting to just sort of get on with their own lives. But I saw the Brixton Pound very much as something that was rooted in um, the kind of values which I was wanting from a place and so at the time I was working in more um, kind of charity and social enterprise work and had done some other and, and did some things around Brixton, ran some community events and over that time got to know the people working at the Brixton Pound and uh, a few years later uh, a job came up to essentially manage it and yeah, haven't, haven't looked back since. So the timeline of the development of the Pound, perhaps before you became fully involved, what was the inception of the idea? So Brixton's actually had quite a long history of experimenting with alternative forms of exchange. Um, in the 1990s, there was a local economic trading system that was set up where businesses don't actually use currency or typical pound sterling to exchange but they just sort of mark their exchange um, based on the uh, value of the items without actually making a currency exchange to facilitate that and then really in terms of the driving group it was an organization called transition town brixton now transition town is a kind of global movement which started in totnes but is about kind of localizing things like exchange energy and essentially developing more resilient, sustainable communities, uh, which in an age of potentially climate change and economic uh, global shocks are at least able to keep the lights on um, if, if you have more things produced and um, exchanged at a local level. That group was really made up of local activists people who were sort of asking these kind of questions about why we were having um, a financial crisis and um, around 2007 was when the top mess pound launched um, 2008 uh, Lewis and Stroud also um, set up similar schemes and then in, in 2009 that group who had been sort of active for a, a kind of a year or so kind of trying to go around and talk to businesses and establish whether this would be the kind of thing which might uh, which might fly uh, October sorry, end of September 2009 was when was when it all kicked off Max can I come back to you and, and talk about your arrival on the on the scene here I'd finished university in Bristol in uh, June 2011 I started off doing physics and philosophy I realised quite quickly that physics was very hard uh, so I ended up doing politics and philosophy but never looked back 
and uh, I worked for a year for the students' union, as I mentioned um, after that, at which point I became involved a little bit in the Bristol Pound. And then uh, I actually, at that point, set up a group that I still run. So I work part-time for the Brixton Pound, and I work part-time for another group that I run uh, called Demand Energy Equality, which is a, another grassroots organisation that does energy education, basically. And I set that up at that time and moved back to Bristol, uh, moved back to London, rather, in February 2013 worked for one year as a campaigner working on food issues and and then left that and started working only for the organisation that I'd set up in Bristol um, which was just part of a general transition into, into doing new things but I didn't have much money so life looked fairly uh, it looked fairly austere I guess in, in one sense or another uh, for the three or four months that I between leaving my previous job and, and then coming here to work at, at the Brixton Pound but I knew that I wanted to fill those extra two days a week that I had with something that was relatively small and flexible and that, and that shared the values that I have and it's not actually very easy to find that kind of work so when I saw the job come up I applied and luckily I got it and it's something that I really value being able to work for two organisations that are able to kind of stay close to their values because they're small and they're nimble uh, and they're not compromised by anything other than not having enough money really and and to be able to mix those two things together. I can see you very clearly and it's a very appealing picture why you would want to contribute to the area in which you live or contribute to an area where you can see the positive changes that you're affecting. But I wonder, there seems to be something else in this as well, perhaps taking power to some degree and, and perhaps literally in the case of one of the other projects you mentioned, out of the grabby hands of uh, big faceless corporations. And on that level, what is the future of currency generally? The reason I ask being that it seems to me that we're drifting closer and closer to a point where everything will be done on uh, mobile phones or credit cards and actual physical currency will be removed from the hands of the average punter and that seems to me potentially to be uh, very weakening for the general population everything will be trackable and traceable and uh, controllable and and chargeable well it's funny that um, you bring up the the electronic currency I mean in terms of where money is going uh, whether it's physical or digital it's already happened over 99% of transactions in the UK today are digital transactions there is very very little physical money left as a portion of the overall money supply um, so that's that horse has bolted in terms of how we how we actually do that transaction whether it's a you know chip and pin or increasingly contactless and that contactless will move soon onto people's phones I don't expect people are going to have wallets really in about two or three years time um, we're trying to keep up with that in, in, to some extent. We've, since 2011, had uh, the Brixton Pound electronic currency. And that's, that's actually the currency that most people use when they use the Brixton Pound. And people spend that by simply going into a shop using their mobile phone. If you go over there in a sec, you'll be able to see that they've got a, a little sign saying which number to text. And you, all you do is you, you text pay, the name of the business, and then the amount you're paying them. And instantaneously, you've managed to move bricks and pounds out of your account into the account of the business that you're paying. And actually, CAF here being one of the businesses that are piloting a contactless bricks and pounds scheme. So using either your Oyster card, which you can link to your bricks and pound account, or even a special branded bricks and pound card if you like, you can just by tapping use use bricks and pounds. So there's absolutely no doubt in our minds that that's the direction of travel. In terms of the future of currencies more generally, 
I mean, it's an interesting time, isn't it? Particularly with Greece at the minute rocking the foundations of the Euro. And yes, we, we should say that as we record, there are very long queues outside cash point <laughs> machines, which, which actually tells you something, though, doesn't it? I mean, OK, we don't have the gold standard anymore, but there is trust, there is faith in these bits of paper. People in a time of crisis want to get these bits of paper under their mattress. And there are, there are you know, serious discussions taking place about Greece creating a, um, a side currency to, um, to uh, you know, maybe... Um, tied them through uh, the the short-term period at least. In terms of what the Brixton Pound is doing um, with regards to the future of of currency development, Max obviously spoke about um, the fact that yes, there is an electronic version. The paper notes, I think, are also very important to us. Um, But either way, whichever Brixton Pound you use, I think what you talked about in terms of that interface becoming increasingly impersonal when you make that transaction... A financial transaction is also a social interaction. It is an opportunity for, to be face-to-face with another you know, human uh, who is accepting your, your currency. And I think that that is a really important part of our work is, is that we want to create a connection when there is a financial transaction taking place. And if you use the Brixton Pound, whether it's the paper or the electronic, you as a customer are actively participating in that process and you are identifying yourself um, as someone... <laughs> a bit unusual I guess and for a business that's golden because what they can do is is, is kind of see you um, as probably a local um, who's using the Brixton Pound um, but certainly someone to you know, have a chat with and it really it, 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 it is a slower I guess um, if you want it to be fast then there's the text and you can get it get it out and pay quickly um, but it is a slightly slower um, transaction process and I think we have to be quite um proud and and happy with that Um, I think there's a lot of assumptions around this idea that everyone just wants to have a really speedy transaction where we don't even talk to the person who's serving us our coffee we just want to order it on our way to the on our way to the cafe and it's waiting for us and then we pick it up and then we carry on I mean is that really like what we what we want is that is that um, the future of London and the future of how payments are made like I don't think I don't think that's a particularly attractive proposition for anyone currency's got to be believed in right yeah absolutely and I I I have um, full admiration for anyone who who uses the Brixton Pound um, particularly those back in 2009 who really took a leap of faith um, because it was new at the time. Um, I think now there is a lot more trust uh, established in, in who we are, our track record. Uh, we haven't done a runner. <laughs> uh, no notes have been counterfeited. I think they've actually been independently assessed as having more security features uh, and therefore being harder to counterfeit than a Bank of England note. And this is probably a good moment to crack them open and take a look. Well, yeah, why not? Um, we have an envelope full of... Cur- this is the kind of interview I like. We've got a, an envelope full of currency sitting on the table so that I ask the right questions. So when we launched in 2009, we just had paper notes. They were designed by um, a, a local artist called um, Stefan, who actually works around the corner at the Ritzy Cafe. And it was uh, denominations of 1, 5, 10 and... 20. Um, here with me now, I've got a copy of the uh, old Brixton Pound 5. So these expired in 2011. And on the front here, well, it, it looks uh, fairly European in the sense it looks uh, clean and funky as currency goes. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. On the back could be a woodcut cartoon. Uh, something of that sort. On the front, we've got a picture. Of, well, he looks a lot like Michael Aspel to me, but I'm sure that can't be right. He's um, James Lovelock. He uh, is uh, a prominent scientist who pioneered something called the Gaia theory, which is um, uh, this this idea of um, ecosystem interconnectedness um, and that everything is is um, kind of has has an impact on on everything else within within um, within uh, the biosphere. Should we have a look at some of the other notes? Now these are newer notes I presume uh, that Max that you've got there Yeah, so these are so the ones that you've just been holding there were the first edition notes, so these are the ones that launched the currency originally and these are the second edition notes, so the first edition notes are now actually no longer uh, strictly able to be used um, so if you have old bricks and pound notes, they are now collector's items uh, and so the second edition notes launched in 2011 11 yeah so the same in the same year that the electronic currency launched these are, these are a lot cleaner looking and I'm immediately reminded of the Olympics logo in those kind of brash bright colours on a white background yeah and the I mean these notes are really masterpieces of design or at least we like to think so they've set the currency apart I think in terms of people being really just impressed by firstly how much they look like money but then how much they don't look like money and I think that's an incredibly fine line to walk and they're very attractive things to look at and and they are very vibrant, they're very vivid and I think to look at them you know, you're, you're automatically enthused and whenever, you know, I carry them around with me because people ask me what, what, I, what I do and I say, oh you know, I work for the Brixton Pound and I like, what's that, la 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 and you end up getting the things out and people just love them they look at them they think that they could they study them they touch them they ask who the people are and you know what more could you ask for really from 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 a note design so these were these were designed by a, a local agency called this ain't rock and roll um and the same agency that's actually designed the new note that we might get onto talking about in a bit and you can see that they've got all sorts of features that uh, are taken pretty much directly off the street from from Brixton so there's there's murals and there's references to, to statues and art installations and skate parks and 
the leisure centre and all sorts that if you walked around Brixton with and kind of held them up to things, you'd go, oh yeah, I see. So they're really trying to take the texture of the street. And we've got more Brixton heroes on the back as well. Tom, maybe you want to talk through... Well, yes, I think this might be the first time, and I say this is all, in all sincerity, I think this is the first time I've seen a person of colour on a banknote. Well, actually, the first edition Brixton Pound Note had Olive Morris. So um, she was a campaigner and she was on the um, first edition Brixton Pound 1. But yes, I think for the um, uh, on, on the um, current edition of the notes, yeah, that is, um, that's right. That, the person you're referring to is Len Garrison. He was a historian, and he founded the Black Cultural Archives, which now exists as a fantastic uh, museum on, on Windrush Square. We've also got Lowell Deng, who well, he, he, he is a refugee um, who came to Brixton when he was age 10, and he played basketball at uh, Brixton Recreation Centre for the Brixton Topcats. He made it all the way to the NBA, where he plays basketball, and he also represented Great Britain in the Olympics on the 10. I don't think I need to introduce this person. Another first, the first time an alien has appeared on a banknote. <laughs> it's David Bowie, born in Brixton. Um, he, as you can imagine, of all the images, that's obviously the most um, recognisable. It's the Ziggy Stardust look. We had to seek permission for all of the images, uh, and the Bowie one was the one which we were most um, excited about, but also worried that it might be hard to secure. But his management were you know, very, very happy to allow us to, to use his image on the notes. Yes, long may it, <laughs> long may it continue there. On the 20, we have a, a lady called uh, Violet Zabo, who was a spy for the Allies in the Second World War. Again, uh, a Brixton uh, resident for much of her life. Our notes are, are, very, are very bold, and I think they speak of the values um, that we want to communicate. I mean, so, Quintin, if I was to ask you who's on the back of a £10 note, can you, can you tell me? Oh, well, it's, is it Dickens still? No. Is it, is it Darwin? Yeah, exactly. No, Darwin. So, yeah, so you've got you've got Charles Darwin. Um, it's a picture of him uh, sailing off to the uh, the picture of the boat sailing off to the Galapagos. Um, and you know, you, I guess this is this is uh, I get you know sort of communicating what it's communicating the you know probably the survival of the fittest theory. <laughs> um, that seems appropriate in banking. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's on the back of the twenty? Well, I don't see very many of those very often. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, so. oh, if I keep saying Dickens, I might be right eventually. I don't think he's on any of them. Oh. No. Um, <laughs> so on the back of the 20, you've got Adam Smith. And uh, Adam Smith, and there's actually, uh, you know, writing, talking about the division of labour. Yeah, but it's all quite, it's all, it's all monochrome. One of the designers, um, Charlie, who did the Brixton Pound Notes, he, he talks about how these are dull designs which are enthralled to history and hierarchy and far-off institutions which don't really mean that much to your average person in, in the street and we are not trying to um, mimic that with our designs where we want it to look like money so that it gives you that security and trust to be able to use it but also be very clear about what we what we celebrate in in, in Brixton. I might offer a retort which is would a Brixtonian necessarily know 
who these pictures belong to. And uh, of course, you can win this by saying yes. But is, is it a given that they would look at any of the pictures other than Bowie and say, "Oh, yeah, that uh, that means something"? To me. Not necessarily. I think there would be on each of the notes there would be something which which would. Um, but I would say that um, if they didn't know the people who were on them, then they uh, pretty well should know them. And <laughs> it's a good lesson in in, in, in in it's a good lesson in local history, isn't it? To know these are the people who have contributed to the area over time, had a significant influence on on creating the the culture uh, of the place. Uh, We're going to go for a quick word from our sponsor in just a moment. We're going to be coming back and talking about the design for the new £5 note. It's very exciting. A big name artist has been involved in the creation of this. And I'll also be asking about the Brixton bonus. That sounds like a banking problem right there. (laughs) Back after this. We have teamed up with audible.co.uk to offer you a free audiobook of your choice. All you have to do is register for one month free trial to claim your free audiobook. There are over 150,000 to choose from. The 30-day free trial means you can choose a free audiobook, which is yours to keep whether or not you decide to cancel in the trial period. And there's more good news. If you trialed the service over 12 months ago, the good people at Audible are giving you a chance to get your hands on another audiobook for free. So sign up at www.audible.co.uk forward slash Londonist. Can I pay you for all this as well? Using my £10 bricks and pound note. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Caff has been a, a bit of a stalwart on the bricks and pound scene, so we're very, very sad to see them go in three weeks' time. It's all... Yeah, it's uh, hard times all around, really. But... You're gonna have a you're gonna have a party. Yeah, I mean, I think the 17th of July we're doing a party for the public, and then the 18th of July will be a yeah. staff party. Yeah, yeah. And all that good stuff, but yeah, sad times. It is really, really sad. sad, and I'm going to miss the party, which is even sad. Oh no, you're not here for it. I'm going to be in. Uh, I'm going to be on holiday, unfortunately. Oh, I can't feel too sorry. For no, you then, no, 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 don't worry. <laughs> but I will. Um, I'll have to hear how it goes. But, yeah, yeah it's gutting. It's really gutting. It is gutting, but keep following on Facebook, and yeah, we'll yeah. be posting. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be back. On, you'll, uh, you'll be back somewhere. Yeah, but... somewhere, but yeah, to be confirmed. Oh well, some some area has got. Uh, He's got calf to, yeah, calf coming to it, right? Hopefully, so. there's there's ideas, but nothing nothing definite yet. So watch this space. All right. Anyway, thank you. Thanks a lot. So it sounds as though gentrification has got the better of this. Yeah. particular venue already uh, I'm thoroughly confused now because a tenner in Brixton was handed over and a fiver with um, who's that on the back of the UK five pound note is it Charles uh, it's Charles Dickinson think, no, it's not it's Charles Dickinson in drag disguised as a Elizabeth Fry is, it, is that who it is Elizabeth yeah I don't know even who she is who is Elizabeth Fry you should have asked for your change in Brixton pounds they would have given it to you I should have done it <laughs> <laughs> Usually, usually I pay uh, using either text or contactless, in which case you don't get change. So I'm not in the habit. But yeah, if you want your change in bricks and pounds, I'll give it you. We were talking off air about currency fluctuations, and we were saying that it's, it's a very simple pegging one to one, right? Yeah, I mean the, the bricks and pound essentially acts like a local voucher uh, where you buy it or earn it, uh, but it's it's, it's worth one to one. So um, five bricks and pounds is worth five pounds. Um, some businesses offer a discount in, in Brixton Pounds to kind of incentivise um, using it or to kind of create that local loyalty. So real value is seen in this scheme by the people using it then? This isn't merely an alternative. People want to invest in this. 
there's about 250 businesses who accept it. Uh, Lambeth Council accept it for uh, payment of business rates. They also have a payroll scheme where staff throughout the council can opt in to have part of their salary paid in Brixton pounds. And yeah, I think businesses obviously consider it to be a way to reach local customers. Um, but I think also they, 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 they see the kind of intrinsically positive things that it, that it brings to the area as well. Can I ask you, because the glaringly obvious thing here is that it's a reduction of choice on one level. Right, so you're quite obviously limiting the geographic area through which you can spend your money if you choose to have it geographically picked. And until you start getting, a, for example, a discount, as you mentioned, what is the advantage then? Surely you could just choose to go into that shop and spend your money. Mm-hmm. Well... Uh, yeah, I think that um, what it what it really acts like is um, it's like a pledge of sorts. So, however much you want to, con- and some people have standing orders whereby they, for the electronic version, where every month they they put a certain amount of their money um, into their Brixton pound account, and it's them saying, you know, this is the amount of money that I feel comfortable spending on a monthly basis to then go into circulation in the in the local area. So. Um, I think when you talk to people about what are their reasons for, for using it, it, a lot of people do cite um, the fact that what they're doing is actively passing on something to a business which states their values and states that they want that business to be rooted in the local area and um, at least consider finding a way to respend it locally. But many will also tell you that the reason they use it is because it just makes them feel uh, more connected to the area. People are really passionate about Brixton. It inspires an incredible amount of, of, of good feeling. Um, and I think in an increasingly kind of bland uh, like London landscape, I think people see initiatives like the Brixton Pound as a way to be part of something um, unique. I, th- I think the other thing to remember about money... And it goes actually back to the question about you know pegging one to one with the with the sterling pound. I mean, the reason for pegging it really to the sterling pound, partly to keep it simple, uh, is also partly originally at least to establish trust in it. Right, people trust the sterling, so if it's pegged one to one with the sterling, then people by definition trust the Brixton pound. Um, and you know, actually, trust, value, and symbol or symbolism is kind of what money is all about. Really, money is is a symbol of trust it's trust that whatever someone is giving you in exchange for something that you're giving them will then be able to be used by you onwards to to, to get what you need out of, of of other people in a transactional sense it's kind of ironic that the Brixton pound gets pegged to the sterling pound in that sense because the sterling pound is not backed up by anything anymore i mean it's not backed up by gold it's 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 just debt created by private banks uh, on computers that's what it is uh, and so if, if sterling is a symbol of anything that's useful to us it's just a symbol of trust between two people that this thing will carry on being useful and so I think what we don't talk about n- enough, perhaps, is, is just the symbolic value of the Brixton Pound. And, you know, why, why would I use it instead of something that could also do the, the same job of getting someone to hand over to me a packet of crisps? Well, when I use it, I symbolise something about myself. I symbolise something about the things that I value and the things that I want to see around me and the things that I want to help create around me where I live. And I think that's a very important signal that people can send out using currency. So it's actually kind of, you know... Re- rekindling the, the positive symbolic value of money as opposed to it just being symbolic of things that actually a lot of people don't really like. Is anyone making any money out of this currency? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> You're paying for the coffees, Quentin. <laughs> oh, um, you're waving the new fiver uh, in the air, and this is a very different proposition to the other notes that we've seen. On the reverse, let's start on the back, is a screed. Yeah, we are producing a new special edition Brixton Pound 5. Um, it's not going to replace the current one, which features Lowell Deng, but it's actually going to be functional alongside it. Um, it's to mark five years since the Brixton Pound launched. And to make it extra special, we wanted to get an artist to provide the artwork and design for it. And... Um, we are very fortunate and also very proud that Jeremy Della, who won the Turner Prize back in 2004, uh, agreed to do it for us. Yeah, he's come up with this uh, rather <laughs> incredible uh, design, which, as you said, on the back has this um, scribe. It's actually taken from Karl Marx, and it reads, uh, Capital is money, capital is commodities. By virtue of it being value, it has acquired the occult ability to add value to itself. It brings forth living offspring, or, at the least, lays golden eggs. And maybe you can describe the front. Well, tie-dyed comes to mind immediately. <laughs> Although I, I don't suppose Jeremy Deller would like me saying that. The background is tie-dyed, a face emerges from the middle, and there's a sort of uh, etched effect going on around it. It's got a vaguely Celtic feel, I'd say. Um, it's a cross between Paisley and Celtic, if you can imagine that. On the left-hand side, something in gold that looks vaguely Arabic until you turn it and discover that's a series of fives. What's the idea here? We gave him a complete blank slate. Um, we didn't say to him that it had to feature... Uh, we only said it had to feature the number five, um, and it obviously had to have um, certain security features built into it, but really it's, it's his piece of art um, Jeremy's um, approach to art um, is, is, is the reason why we wanted him to do it he doesn't necessarily produce art that needs to sit on a wall in a gallery his approach to art is much more I think rooted in community and participation so he's, he's famous for having things like uh, reenactments battle reenactments and, and marches and uh, getting atop a bus and just sort of you know doing that more like sort of conceptual idea and I think the idea of um, having money as, as a medium for a piece of art really appealed to him and I fancy my chances a lot less attempting to forge one of these notes than a conventional fiver. Well, yeah, I think our, the people who print our notes, I think they broke out in a cold sweat when they saw it because uh, it's certainly unlike anything they've had to produce before. But no, it's here now. And um, yeah, you can buy it for £5 and come to Brixton and, and pick it up in quite a few places or you can get one on our website and we'll, we'll post it to you. We're inching towards the close of the show. This uh, Brixton bonus, though, intrigues me. What's that all about, Max? So the Brixton, the Brixton bonus is an initiative from the Brixton Pound. And the Brixton Pound, one of the advantages of the Brixton Pound being small and nimble is it can come up with new things. So this is a new thing. And the Brixton bonus is the first community prize draw that happens on a monthly basis in the local currency in the Brixton Pound and the idea is to capitalise and build on the foundations the Brixton Pound has built in terms of its network and its values 
and to create a new way for people to engage in it. So there's lots of people who use the currency, but there are lots of people who don't use the currency. You can't just bang on at people constantly about using the currency. You need to find ways for people to participate in what we're trying to create here in different ways. So the Brixton bonus is something that anyone can take part in. Uh, it costs one pound or one Brixton pound, depending on how you spend, to enter. You can do so on our website, uh, and you can also go into certain stores around Bri- uh, Brixton that are that are selling Brixton bonus tickets through our contactless terminals, and that immediately puts you in the running to end up with a thousand Brixton pounds in your Brixton pound account at the end of the month, which you can then enjoy spending in the hundreds of amazing independent businesses that Brixton has here. You could buy a bike, you could buy a massage, you could stock up in yams for the next 12 months. It's really entirely up to you. And All three, maybe, and just have a crazy weekend. Yeah, I mean, you could go absolutely bonkers if you wanted to. It's, uh, we'll, be, you know, we'll be happy to, to show you around and show you some of our favourite places if you want a bit of inspiration as well. It's all about giving people a way into getting to know the area better. But it's, it's not all just a bit of fun. We've also developed something called the Brixton Fund, and which is fun with the D on, uh, which I hadn't realised before I said that. And that enables us to take revenue from the Brixton bonus and put it into a pot that we can then use to fund grassroots groups in Brixton. There's In the funding world, uh, there's this kind of gap between having nothing and having something. And what we want to be able to do is have a really accessible scheme that groups uh, or individuals or anyone really who's got an idea uh, in Brixton can, can approach and hopefully you know get 500 maybe a thousand pounds out of us to go off and just give it a go and get it and get it started and you know that could be anything from a fledgling business idea to wanting to tape take a group of people on, on a trip somewhere you know to the countryside maybe they've never been maybe they've never done something and just make a difference in in some way or another so we're you know very broadly we're trying to use the fund to fund people who are helping increase local employment who are doing something around social and economic justice um or just creating community benefit uh and so turn up turn up and play you can win a thousand brixton pounds or one of the runners-up prizes and you'll be helping to directly fund the grassroots groups in brixton that you know really i think maintain that cultural fabric of the place yeah i think it's also important to add that you don't have to be from Brixton to um, play the Brixton bonus <laughs> so many uh, people are increasingly coming here and, in, and enjoying what Brixton has to offer and um, yeah what, what better way to have a good time here than to uh, come down here with a uh, thousand Brixton pounds in your pocket For people looking for startup funds for social enterprise or for yam enthusiasts what's the website? So if you just go to brixtonpound.org and you will see on the menu on the top that there's something called the Brixton Bonus and Fund and you can just click there and navigate away and you'll find all the information you need if you want to get in touch with us it's very very easy you can just email info at brixtonpound.org and uh, we will have answers to all your questions we hope thanks for answering mine today for today from Brixton Tom Shackley Max Wakefield thanks very much thanks for coming down thanks it's been a pleasure my heart aches for some far off place. And that's all for this week. My thanks for this week to Max Wakefield and Tom Shackley. Thanks to, to Mark Barr and Bernie Barkley. The theme and incidental music was by Songs from the Howling Sea. I'm in Quentin Wolf.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.